What's going on, everyone? I am super excited to welcome Gold Yeller to the podcast. Yes, he does have a real name. His name is Jared Jacobs, but he is a stop motion animator. And typically, you think stop motion, you're not thinking, okay, that's not the coolest job in the world. Go check out his page, Gold Yeller, on Instagram. He's on YouTube, he's everywhere. He makes the coolest sports moments out of Legos into stop mode it's incredible so let's just get into it where does someone even come up with the idea to begin doing this good question i don't even know (laughs) man um i i've always kind of liked that medium of stop motion animation i didn't really know what it was but i I would always watch like rudolph the red-nosed reindeer as a kid and i was like dude how do they do this this is cool and i'm not like super tech savvy so i don't know how to like do 3d animation and so stop motion was just kind of a creative outlet for me that I just kind of started playing around with. And like um, back when like Breaking Bad was the big thing, I start that was my favorite show. And I started um, kind of messing around with uh, Lego animation through stop motion and posted it on my Instagram when I had like zero followers. And then somehow some of the actors from the show saw it. And they mm-hmm. like shared it, and I was just like, "These, this is crazy." The actors from the show saw this, and they think it's awesome, and they like encouraged me to keep making them, and so that was kind of the whole origin behind it. And then once once I saw that, I was like, "Oh, I'm onto something here," and so I just kind of kept making them and getting better and better at them. But we got once I switched to sports, that was when it just kind of like took off and went like super viral all over the world. It's the perfect example of how great content always rises to the top. Right now, we have a ton of influencers, and pretty much no matter what they post, they're going to get views, they're going to get likes, just because of an existing fan base. You were in a very different situation where your content was so good. Like, I checked out your YouTube. You have a few thousand subscribers, but some of your most hit videos, 600K, 400K, like, that is a great example of what social media can do when they get something that's really awesome. What was the, so you said you made the Breaking Bad one and then you flipped to sports. What was the sports moment that really took off? Uh, it was Tiger Woods at the Masters on 16. It was a chip shot that he did that like rolls in and it just kind of like stops before it drops into the hole. And this was like, I was just making these on my phone. Like you talk about how it was, no way. How, how it's awesome. And like, I just kind of, kept getting better and better at it and i look back at that one now and i'm i kind of cringe i'm kind of like oh i could make that so much better now but i mean i've been doing this like professionally now for almost three years so um it yeah that was the one that just like went crazy viral and i was i was like i don't understand what's going on here this is like everywhere like espn posted it like i i was so long ago that i don't even remember everybody that posted it um, but from that, like the Big Ten network reached out and like Pinehurst Resort and Bleacher Report. And then I started doing like NBA Finals stuff and football stuff and just kind of trying to figure it out as I was going because I really had no idea what I was doing. But I was <laughs> like, I got I to gotta learn really fast. Um, and, and I mean, it's, 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 it, it's not one thing that's kind, that kind of skyrocketed me. Um, they've all just kind of been like looking back on it in retrospect they've all just been little moments 
where I'm like, oh, that was where that happened. Like looking back on that kind of broken road that got me to where I am now, um, it's it's really not just a one viral moment because like anybody can have a viral moment. It's like, what are you going to do with that once you do? And if you have like a catalog of content, once you do pop, if you ever get that viral moment, your 15 minutes of fame or whatever, um, what it depends on what you do with it. Like it's it's kind of like what you're doing right now. Like you're all over the place. I see you everywhere, and, and <laughs> just the way that we like connected, where you just kind—I think it was you just like slid into my DMs somehow, and I was like, "Who's this guy?" And then I started <laughs> looking at what you were doing. I was like, "Dude, this guy's crushing it!" Like he, you have like the biggest Snapchat for sports stuff, and you're just one dude. Like it, you're like competing with like ESPN and like. Bleacher Report and places like that where you're just like crushing it and Barstool Sports like I it's yeah that's why I was super stoked when you asked me to be on I was like yes absolutely because <laughs> when you're like the Howard Stern of uh of podcasts it'll I'll be like oh yeah I was on his podcast one time and maybe I'll yeah. be a recurring guest when I uh, as I get fancier <laughs> it really is about just sustaining that success. Like you said, anyone could go viral one time, but you've managed to go viral multiple times. But even more importantly, you've managed to turn it into a career and you've been able to monetize it. And I think that's the biggest key, right? I think a lot of people, they want to go viral for a crazy dunk or a crazy moment or crazy art and what you're doing. But how can you sustain that? How can you make money? And then how can you actually make a career out of it? It takes not only a special artist or athlete, it takes a special business mind because you now are reaching out or you're discussing or partnering with a bunch of different companies and leagues and stuff. Talk about how you had to quickly turn on and put on your business hat and then some of the companies or leagues you've worked with. Well, I mean... In I I'd like to self-deprecate a lot, but I don't <laughs> even really consider myself like some crazy entrepreneur. Like this kind of just was something that I was passionate about, and it like took off for me. But yeah, I had to learn how to do it and how to manage it. But really, it's just a matter of like putting in the work. Like, are you willing to like bleed from your eyeballs over what it is that you <laughs> love to do? Whether that's like becoming the best golfer in the world or you can make like the most free throws consecutively whatever it is that you love and what you want to do like the internet has just changed the game to where it's like I can do whatever I want to do because this internet exists and it's just such a great time that we live in like I look back at like my grandpa who was like a cattle rancher and like what he had to go through every day and I'm like sitting in my studio that's like surrounded with Lego and I've I'm a 41-year-old man that just plays with Lego for a living. Like, that's what I do for work. But, yeah, no, I mean, I transitioned it into monetizing it kind of slowly. Like, it wasn't something where people just started throwing money at me. Like, it, I'm still, I still don't really understand my full worth on things because, like, when, when my videos are put out on, like, the PGA Tour on their socials and then they aggregate, like, millions and millions of views – for them, I'm like, I might not be charging enough. Right, right. It seems like every single time I put these out, it's like millions of views. 
And it was the same with like um, with the U.S. Open for tennis, and that was where we tried to link up when I was in New York. I never go to New York. I live in Boise, Idaho. Like it's, <laughs> most people think of Idaho, and they're like potatoes. Which I mean, yeah, potatoes are great, but I mean, I grew up in Canada, um, so I was just a hockey playing kid, and I played a lot of sports. I played like rugby and and uh, basketball and kind of whatever I could. I I didn't play football just because I was too skinny. So I I couldn't make the team, and so I tried out for the rugby team. And I feel like the rugby team is more physical and less it, pads. It is. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy that I played rugby in high school and not football. Like, cause right. I was a, I was a pretty good athlete. Like, I was fast, but I was super skinny. I was like 125 pounds and like six feet tall. You know, I was. I'm not that tiny now, but like that was I couldn't gain weight, and so I always kind of had a chip on my shoulder. And so now that like. I get interviewed on like Sports Center, and they're like wanting to talk to me, and like NHL Network and places like that. I'm like, these guys want to talk to me? <laughs> like I'm not even. I'm like a beer league hockey player now. Like I'm just some old washed up guy. But like the things that I get to do because of this is just insane. Like I'm going. Like tomorrow, I leave to go to Vegas to go golfing with Kevin Na. Like, yeah, when you told me that, I was like, wait, what do you mean? Like, how does that happen? A, a lot of what you're saying I hear within myself, right? It's like we didn't really go into this planning to do this, and we should, we're not deprecating how hard we're working and what we're doing. We, like, you're doing amazing work, but it's just not something you ever really pictured, and it sounds like you're grateful every day for like what you do get to do. You clearly enjoy this and it connects you and it gets you into rooms and opens doors that you never really thought would open. Dude, I'm so grateful. Like I, and that, so a funny story about that, the gratitude thing, that's, I'm a big Gary Vaynerchuk fan. Yeah. And so um, I've followed his stuff for years and he came to Boise one time and you know how everybody always does a Q&A with him and they always like ask him for a job or like ask him for whatever. And I didn't ask him for anything, but I knew this was my shot to shoot, to talk to him, to get like kind of on his radar, even though he already like followed me on Instagram because I'd made like a Lego video that he loved. I don't think he knew who I was when I got up there. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just said, hey, I mean, you can go watch the video. It's on YouTube. It's like bubble hockey with Gary Vee. But I just said, hey, I don't really have any ask for you. I just wanted to, like, thank you for, like, giving me the permission to do what I love now. Because that's essentially what he did. Like, if I ta- if I listened to my dad, like, telling me to go get a job, like, washing windows or doing, what, like, start your own business as, like, a window washer, that was what my dad wanted me to do for some reason. I'm like, Dad, that's not what I want to do. <laughs> like, but Gary Vaynerchuk, listening to him, he's like, you can do whatever you want. And it's so true. Like, there's so many kids out there. They're like, how do I do this? How do I get into this stop motion? And I'm like, just start doing it. Like, you're going to be bad at it for a long time until you're good at it. And then everybody comes knocking at your door. Um, but, yeah, that was, I mean, getting to play bubble hockey. Like, he flies me out to, like, VaynerMedia. I get to spend two days out there. And I played bubble hockey with, like, basically my idol, like, the guy that I looked up to the most. And it was just so crazy how it all, like, kind of unfolded. And then, I mean, same thing with going to, like, I'm making a, I'm working on something right now for Kevin Na, where somebody just reached out to me on his behalf, and they're like, hey, would you be interested in making something for him of, like, recreating one of his wins? 
um, and like a moment that he had with his daughter. And I'm like, absolutely, that sounds awesome. So now I get to go down and be best friends with uh, Kevin Na for a day. It's so funny that you brought up the Gary Vee story because literally five minutes into this, I was thinking and I was like, I don't know if you listen to Gary Vee, but his whole thing is, you know, how anyone can make a profession out of pretty much anything, any of their passions. Like you would never think it like who would think you could sell unicorn toys and really make a profession. But there's such a niche audience for everything like it's so ironic that you actually brought up Gary Vee. It, it fits perfectly into what he preaches, which is like, if you do work hard and you do just narrow it down, you can really make a career out of anything. Well, and he's like that guy. I've never seen anybody work that hard. Like when I actually got to see behind the curtain at VaynerMedia, I was like, wow, this guy goes hard every he's day. He's just not all talk. He's not like I was just like I would go crazy like I don't even think I could work for him just because of like what he expects and I've gotten to know some of his team like kind of over over the years now and like whenever I go out to New York I'll go spend time at VaynerMedia and hang out with those guys because I just love being around that and that energy that's like there's just something about New York City but I don't think I could live there because I, I think it would drive me crazy where it's just like go 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 all the time. I like to relax and I, I mean, I love to go golfing and I love to like be my own boss and kind of do like when I have a deadline and I have like stress like that always like is not fun for me. And so I'll do downtime stuff all the time. And, and, and it's because of the internet that I can do that, man. Like if, if I was running a cattle ranch, like my grandpa, I'd be out in the fields, like doing whatever cattle ranchers do, doing like farming stuff, you know what I mean? And it would just be like, this sucks. <laughs> like, I, I totally feel that. Uh, so talk to me about, you know, in my opinion, the reality of your pieces it has to do with two things. Historic sports moments, because every fan loves a historic moment. And then two, everyone loves Legos. And the way you've built the art in the stop-motion fashion, that seems to all bundle up into that. But how long? So two questions. One, let the people know like actually how long it takes to make one of these things. And then two, do you know if... Because there's different levels of virality for each of your pieces. Like, Do you know when something's going to hit? Because I would imagine it's not necessarily always the biggest sports moment. So talk about those two things. I usually have a good idea to answer your first, your second uh -huh. question first. I usually have a good idea of what's going to do really well, um, but I really don't have any idea. Like there's some <laughs> stuff that, that I'm like, oh, this might do okay, and it just goes crazy. And then there's other stuff where I'm like, this is going to crush, and it doesn't do what I expected it to do. Like still getting like half a million views on something is nuts to me mm -hmm. that, that, that I'm not like satisfied with that. But, like, typically if it's over a million views, um, then I'm happy with it. But um, the first question, how long does it take? They can take anywhere from, like, I mean, now it's it's about it's up to about 60 to 100 hours for, like, a 20 to 30 second video. Like, that blew my mind when you told me that originally. Like, because think about all the content right now. If you're spending 100 hours on you're at least getting a YouTube, a crazy edited YouTube video. Like that is the amount of work. And I'm curious if when you're pitching to clients, 
that they're understanding and accepting of your price tag because of the amount of work and effort it actually takes to make one of these things. I think I need to do a better job of that. And I've started to kind of create more behind the scenes content of mm-hmm. what I do. Um, but like, that's another thing that just adds to what I do where I'm like, right. I don't really want to go edit a video after I've just spent a hundred <laughs> hours and, and it's like self promotion. You know what I mean? Like I'm kind of older, so I'm, I don't like, to self-promote that much like i'd rather like talk to other people about what they're doing and like find out more about them because like hearing myself talk all the time i'm kind of like yeah i'm kind of over this guy i feel you i totally feel you on that uh what's been the coolest partnership or league that you've worked with so far i know you've mentioned a couple but i'm curious like the the high moment because you said you're a hockey guy so i'm curious if that's it so when i was when NHL Network reached out and then I did some stuff for them, um, that was kind of, that was like early, early on. And that was kind of like the big deal for me because then I was on the NHL Network, on NHL Now, and like they interviewed me for like five minutes and like the day before they'd had like Wayne Gretzky on and I was just <laughs> like, this is so nuts. And I like even dressed up for it. I remember I wore like a shirt and tie. And I, I actually do color commentating for the Idaho Steelheads, which is an ECHL hockey team here. Yeah. And so, like, hockey is, like, my thing. So it was, like, the, that was, like, the high point. And then I remember the next day I got kidney stones. So it was, like, oh the yin and the God. yang. So <laughs> then, like, the next five days I'm, like, bedridden, like, trying to pee out stones. And it was, it was like, the worst. Like, I wanted to die. And so it was, it's just kind of, it's funny how life just kind of knocks you down when you're like at your highest high. But I'd, I'd say NHL Network was cool to work with. I, I actually really like doing these PGA Tour things right now. They're um, really awesome. The golf community, I think, is very much different. And I think because, you know, the NBA, there's a million pieces of content made that the PGA Tour doesn't necessarily get that much attention in terms of like creative content which is why I can understand an extra appreciation for them. But even like the tent, like the U S open stuff, like I couldn't believe the views that those were getting. And that mm-hmm. was, and I wasn't even into tennis. I only, right. I only accepted that those jobs because I wanted to take my mom to the U S open. Cause she's <laughs> like a huge tennis fan. And so I was like, can I bring my mom to the U S open on top of what you guys are offering? And like, usually I don't reach out to people they reach out to me and so i guess it kind of gives me more leverage that way where i you know they're they're expecting to they kind of know it's a small world like the sports world like people kind of know each other so so it's not like you can keep secrets from them on like what you charge or like try and pull a fast one on anybody because they're like we kind of know what what it is that you charge and like we've talked to somebody else and they they may not tell you that but but i mean i know and yeah. so through the US, through the um, U.S. Open tennis stuff, that's how I got the PGA Tour stuff, and it's just been amazing. And I'm hoping to work with them. For, like if they wanted to put me on retainer and just kind of create whatever moments they wanted to do, <laughs> that would that'd be pretty dope. Um, but I I don't know, man. Like getting to go to the NBA Finals as a Canadian when the Toronto Raptors are in it, we went. My cousin and I went to Oakland and got to see Game Three of the Finals just because of something that I'd done for the Golden State Warriors. That was pretty awesome. Um, there's, there's been a lot of moments that are just, I'm, I look back on and I'm like, how is this real life? 
it just opens the door in ways you could never imagine. And I think that's like part of understanding, okay, maybe they didn't pay me what I'm worth, but are there long-term dividends? Are there short-term dividends? You know, you just have to measure out those things. I also want to point out to everyone listening, what I think is super cool is that we live in a world of social media and that's where your content lives on, where virality is so short and everything is so hyper-reactive and you actually live in a situation where your stuff takes too long. Like, LeBron James blocks Iguodala in the finals. You can't just be like, oh, this is the moment, and then go make that and flip it around and post it the next morning. Like, that's not going out for weeks. And some people would say, you know, it's way harder to go viral that way, and you're still doing it, which just proves, like, how obsessed people are with what you're doing. So I I just wanted to point out how awesome that is. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. And and it is. It's crazy. I remember that moment where um, when that happened and and, uh, Bleacher Report's like, okay, this is the moment that we want. And they wanted it, like, the next day. Exactly. I'm like, guys, this is, like, we're going to have to put this out at least. And I'm, like, not sleeping. Like, I'm just bleeding from my eyeballs trying to get this thing done. Um, And so we ended up putting it out with, like, the parade when Cleveland. We actually originally had made, they hired me to make a celebration video of Game 5 Golden State winning. This is 2016, I guess. Yep. And so I made that video. They paid me to make that video. We never released that video. Because we all know what happened. Mm-hmm. Cleveland comes back from down 3-1 and wins. And so when I remember when – so what I, what I said to them is I was like, well, I still want to do this. Why don't I do this? I was like, why don't I recreate a moment from each game so you can do game one, game two, game three. And then so it was like when, um, when Draymond punches – LeBron and the nuts. It's, uh, that's that was one of the ones that we recreated, and that video did like, I think it just did three million views on like Instagram or something, and it was like crazy on Vine too. So we did like little six second clips from each game, and this was back when Vine was a thing. Yeah, and and they loved it, and then and then I just kept kind of doing that, and I think that was how I got in with Golden State this year, is because they've seen kind of a catalog of what I've done over the years, but I never thought that, that it would get me to the NBA finals. Like it's just crazy. Like those tickets that they gave me were like retailing for like 3,500 to $4,000 a piece. And I'm like, I I said to my cousin when we were there, I was like, should we sell these? We're already, (laughs) we're already in Oakland. And I'm like, uh, these are going for quite a bit of money. And like Jay-Z and Beyonce are there courtside. And it was just nuts, man. It really, it really is, and it's awesome. Like this is, you know, I'm also a big Gary Vee guy, so it's cool to kind of see someone else living out their dream of doing exactly what they love to do, and then appreciating it, right? Like I think a lot of people sometimes, it it just goes to their head, and then they're obnoxious when they're negotiating with leagues, and it's just, you know, there's a lot of negatives that can come out of the success you've had you ended up on sports center like that's every kid's dream growing up is to be on sports center to be on the top plays and you got a full interview on the platform it's just it's amazing they actually interviewed me twice on sports center so the <laughs> first time they asked me to be on sports center um i was i was supposed to talk to my boss and it was like the review where you ask or where they like give you a raise or whatever 
And then, and then ESPN called that day, and they're like, hey, can you be on SportsCenter at, like, 3 o'clock Eastern, which is 1 my time. And I was like, uh, I got to cancel this meeting with my boss. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll be on it. And so so I go get Skype set up at home and everything, and then there was, like, something going on on their end that made it so that I couldn't do this Skype interview, so I had to go on the phone, and then they put me on, like, ESPN News or something. Mm. And I was supposed to be on with, like... Um, with like Jay Harris and like Desmond Howard, and they were kind of trolling Desmond Howard because it was the, it was the kick or no, it was the botched punt by Michigan Michigan State. Oh yeah, yeah. And so I was like all stoked to be on there, and and then I get like bumped to ESPN News, so it was kind of a downer. But then, which is still you know, which is still like a crazy cool thing to do. So but... I thought I thought that was my fifteen minutes of fame, and then I exactly. did I did a. Uh, um, buzzer beater one for Villanova and over North Carolina later on as like a birthday present to my daughter because she was cheering for Villanova and I was mm-hmm. cheering for North Carolina but I was like for your birthday I'm going to recreate this because her birthday is in March and so I made that and then I'm on Sports Center again with my daughter and then this time it actually <laughs> worked and it's like the Thursday where the tournament starts it's the morning of when the tournament starts when everybody's still watching espn before they send it over to cbs it's me and my daughter like on sports center and she's 11 years old at the time and i'm just like i was more like worried for her like what she's gonna say on live television than i was for myself like i was just kind of like they even asked her a question where she was kind of like i don't understand what they asked and so i kind of had to (laughs) jump in be Johnny on the spot, but yeah, like two times on sports center. It's just nuts to me, dude. Like, and honestly, like the, the NHL network thing, even though it didn't, it's not going to get as much traction as sports center. That was almost a bigger deal to me than sports center. But I mean, sports center was amazing too. And I'm just like, I, I just can't believe this, but yeah, you're right. It's like every kid's dream to be on sports. Center. And that's what I dreamed of when I was, you know, playing basketball in the backyard or playing street hockey was uh, being on the top plays on SportsCenter, but like having a five-minute interview on there is even better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what you've done is awesome. We will close with this because I want to give you know a shout-out to your social handles, which is Gold Yeller on Instagram. Are you Gold Yeller everywhere pretty much? Yeah, Gold Yeller everywhere. Okay. I'm even so on now, TikTok now, dude. You are on TikTok. A 41-year-old on TikTok. No, you need to be there. I, well, I don't do any dancing yet, but uh, <laughs> I'm not going to. Maybe your daughter with some stop animation. We'll work on it. Yeah, never say line. never. Maybe I'll just make the Legos dance, and that'll be kind of my thing. But just so people will remember it, and so I can know, what is Gold Yeller? So Gold Yeller was my rap name. I thought I was going to be a gangster rapper when I was like in my early 30s. And so I did this thing called Freestyle Friday every week. And then like... I put it on like YouTube and on like Facebook and, and all my friends would like comment in the Facebook um, thread, like their version of whatever they thought was a cool rap. But it was like all my white friends. I, I maybe had like two friends that weren't white that would participate, you know? <laughs> so, so like I became the authority in it and, and um, yeah, I just always rapped. And so gold yeller kind of became my name. Cause that's what I thought I wanted to do. I made, I made one, rap video where it's like a gangster rap about farming called farm boy flow it's it's on on youtube you can go see it it probably has like four thousand views or something um but it was like that was what i thought i was gonna do and so gold yeller 
became my name on all my social media. And then when the rap career didn't work out for me, um, well, well, it's not that it didn't work out for me. I put out one video and I was like, this isn't getting any views. I, maybe people don't want to see me rap like I thought they did. Um, and so I just kind of moved on and kept going on with my life. I was still making rap videos and like doing my little freestyle Friday stuff, but that went on for like three years, but that's where it came from, dude. I, I was a wannabe rapper at one point in my life. And, uh, and now it, it turned out good because that's like gold. Yeah. It's a good everywhere. name. It's a good name. I like it. Well, everyone who's listening, go give him a follow. And because this one, you actually need to see his work. I'm also going to post it to my snap story, uh, over the next few days, some of my favorites, but check out gold yeller, stop animation, coolest sports moments ever. Um, I, I guess it's not one of those situations where you really, I saw you doing, you know, what should I do next? But it's not like if someone throws in a recommendation, you're just going to get right to work. Like this is a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and well, it may be one day, like I'd like actually one of my buddies, I was thinking about you. He's, he sent me a message today and he's like, dude, I'm going to figure out how to get like a Texas version of like Vince Young winning. Oh against my USC and he's like I'll get it sponsored for you somehow and I'm like dude go for it I'm like if we're hanging out on the sideline with Matthew McConaughey I'm all yeah, right let, with that let, let me know how I can get involved in that package <laughs> I'll, I will I'll, I'll let you know. if, that, if that ever happens you'll be the first guy that I call well I appreciate it thanks Jared